Hey everyone, Ben Glasscock here, bringing you a little impromptu content today for the podcast. Dr. Riolo had a great conversation with a mentorship coordinator late last week, and we wanted to share some of the thoughts he had on mentorship, integration with universities, and the realistic implementation of these programs in clinic. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. is that, you know, while, you know, in that time, you know, I know my wife, um, Dr. Katie, she was a 2007 grad through CVM. Um, you know, she, she was able to hook up with the kind of mentor system that was there, but it was a very, very, um, I don't want to say a proactive system, but it just, it wasn't as advertised and really, you know, introduced to students, um, as, as, much as I guess it needs to be. And I think, of course, that is why we are having this phone call and why we're doing what we are with the house system and the, um, you know, the, the, um, you know, our mentorship program and your mentorship program and so on and so forth is just to say, no, it's not a matter of we need proactive students who are looking for mentors. It's no, we really kind of have to just put it in their face and saying, this is what needs to happen for you to be a successful veterinarian and trying to integrate students more into private practice and not being afraid of private practice and having the skill set for private practice before they even get into private practice. Um, so, you know, again, while there, you know, had been some opportunity for mentorship back then, truthfully, I didn't even know about it. Um, you know, like I said, Katie, she was like, oh yeah, there was, you know, kind of a thing back then. And I was like, I, news to me, 15 years later, <laughs> you know, I, know, I had created a very um, close support structure around me while I was in vet school of positive thinking, positive influence individuals. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still <laughs> knew how to have a good time. But, you know, <laughs> you know, that, that was kind of that was actually a lot of what had happened with the unity. Like, you know, we talk about the house system now, um, but back, you know, when I was in veterinary school, that was one of the expectations when I was going through veterinary school is Carlo, um, you know, and his friends or Carlo and his group. We always had a weekend activity. So whether we were going to tailgating, whether we were throwing a you know, party at our house, whether we were going disc golfing, whether we were doing all these kind of different events, it was like we have to get out of this vet school environment because it's so intense and you know it starts out being very academically difficult in the beginning uh, but then it turns into being very emotionally and culturally challenging as you get to the end of it um, and it was that part of like that's what I was kind of saying I had a lot of positive people around me but really we had created our own little house group as I think a lot of students do you know you find friends and so on and so forth um, but for us it was always all-inclusive uh, you know it was never just me and my you know four or five friends it was you know open invitation to everything all the time um, you know to sort of have this sort of community approach to a common problem and the common problem at that time was mental health and wellness even though in the 2000s we didn't have the terminology mental health and wellness it was just oh I'm kind of having a hard time well why don't you come hang out with us we'll relax a bit so that's now coming into, you know, now postgraduate, getting, you know, into private practice and then seeing the students that are coming out 10, you know, 12, 13, 14 years later now and saying, oh, gosh, it's actually a little bit more difficult now because the industry is the state of affairs that it's in. Um, they have a challenging time in school and they have a challenging time in private practice and we're setting them up for failure. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everyone, you know, whether you're introverted, extroverted, I mean, I think everyone is going to be, you know, 
their own individual and if they're going to be looking for someone looking for groups those types of things you know i i, I don't think that i crowdsourced emotion because i think that's a very um kind of dangerous thing it's um, a slippery slope it, it, for sure yeah it's yeah exactly um but yeah it did it did sort of come together but um you know there was work and stuff that went into it and you got to kind of put yourself out there and you know which we all do whenever you're in large groups of people you just try to you know find individuals with whom you best fit but uh yeah it did sort of just come together but that was a a, a really really significant um experience for me in veterinary school because having that like we said it just sort of formed but having that um was my individual release it was my way of coping with the stresses of school um you know and uh you know so you kind of learn you're, you're in survival mode once you're exiting veterinary school um and then you jump out into private practice and you know that was not a time 2006 was not a time where social media was really strong i mean facebook was there myspace was there but it really wasn't a household term uh you know uh, as far as social media is concerned so for us it's like you graduate vet school and it's like okay the support structure you had's gone now what helps you get through it's gone now and it's like now you're just a veterinarian out on your own in private practice at whose clinic where is that clinic is it rural is it urban is it semi-urban is it an after hours clinic is it um you know a day practice and depending on w what variable that is what type of practice it is what is the in-clinic culture what is you know how do they run business what is their rapport with clientele what is the um you know where do the clients fall on the financial spectrum where do they fall on the human animal bond spectrum um and then it was like okay well figure it out you know i mean it's you apply for a job and that job application process is how well do i get along with the person with whom i'm interviewing the job application process is not how does what is the culture of the staff what is the culture of the clientele coming through the door what is the financial spectrum of the people you know bond spectrum none of that is ever talked about so that's where we start to talk about the tools of how the mentorship program should be integrated um, into core values, how it should be integrated into individual wellness, how it should be integrated into the, um, you know, sort of regaining the self-worth of talent in our industry. That's what we're talking about is not just preparing on skill set, but preparing on all the soft skills necessary to be successful in today's um, really today's veterinary world, veterinary industry. When I approached Michigan State, that was my pitch. As I said, I, we need to create a mentorship program to better support these students. And then on the, on the CVM side, they were like, well, we're trying to put this house system together. It's like, okay, well, let's build both in tandem. That's pretty much how it started is, you know, back in the 2006 era, it was, you know, I, I had basically just identified, I'm like, listen, we have a huge problem in talent right now between, you know, the debt to income ratio and the deteriorating skill set, you know, the hierarchy environment that these students are getting into both on school and both in private practice is that they really are starting to lose their overall self-worth and having identified that and saying that's not just to veterinarians, that's also to technicians as well and saying, well, we need to sort of reintegrate into the university system and catch these students as young as we can, whether they're preclinical, whether they're clinical or postgraduate, we need to start to shape their perspective and sort of shape their understanding of the profession at that time. And that was, like I said, something that we had, you know, me and my team had identified and saying, all right, well, where am I going to start? You got to start somewhere. You got to, you know, bite off a piece of that elephant. 
the big things with the house system was that the house system they couldn't find a financial backer for. They had written grants, they had written some of these other things, and that's then where we sort of pledged our um, five-year financial commitment to CVM, to the house system, to get the house system up and running um, so that we can start to generate more buzz within postgraduates or alumni or whoever happens to be to say, hey, let's focus on the students. Let's start to generate funds for students. Let's start to keep this program going because they, you know, it had to start somewhere, but the future is in private practice integration. The future is in, um, you know, understanding core values, understanding culture, understanding service. I mean, that's, that's then where we basically started to build these two things together. Now we say together, but it's more together in theory. It's more together in concept. Um, so for us having our, you know, the, the main fund is the, you know, uh, Paw Health Student Success and Wellness Fund. That's what's funding um, the efforts of the house system to then have the house system come out with the house mentorship system. It's all pretty much the same discussion as now we're starting to bleed over um, more in physical capacity from the house system to what Paw Health is doing in the mentorship side. It's now saying, well, with the house system mentorship side, now you guys are starting to integrate more students into private practice with that same concept. So I'm not taking credit for the things that they have done with the house system. All I'm saying is, is that we have this uh, mindset together of reintegrating students into private practice, but it has to be done in a way where, you know, they're starting to see and they're starting to experience sort of the new ways that business is being performed um, and doing it in a way, of course, that, you know, they, 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 um, you know, see value in, you know, it's not just, it's not just a numbers game. Well, we're going to find a hundred mentors and we're going to put 200 students with a hundred mentors. Um, but really those hundred mentors are these institutionalized ingrained, um, traditional practices with traditional practice styles and traditional culture and the way business was done back in the nineties. That's not going to benefit these kids. So for us to look into now saying, well, we really have to start to push them into the skill set that they need for today's veterinarian and where we are at right now as an industry is at least 10 years behind where we should be. So there's no way we can set up a 10 year plan for the future because we're 20 years behind that execution. So it's, it's really trying to work very, very hard on the mentorship side to make sure that these students are getting the experiences they need to set them up for the profession that should be here today, but isn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the concepts and theories that, you know, we'll be covering in our content is really, you know, relatively new to our industry. Some of the stuff is going to be known in other industries, but again, it's application in the veterinary profession is very new. Um, but yeah, I think that works well. Um, and, uh, uh, Catherine Sullivan, um, she had written a, uh, perspectives article, on the human animal bond following one of um, our interviews with her. So if you grab that perspective, circle back with her or uh, look into that perspectives article that is, you know, sort of the content that we're referring to is we would like to think it to be high quality content. Um, but, you know, the, the takeaway from it is that there's a lot of talking points. There's a lot of um, you know, individual pieces that I think anyone can take a part of and have a whole conversation about, you know, I mean, we kind of do these really fast, well, I shouldn't say fast because some of our content has been two hours long, but, uh, you know, we take some of these concepts that, um, you know, maybe we cruise over very quickly because we understand them, we accept them, but there is way more content there for someone who may be more lay, 
um, you know, someone who may be less experienced. Um, so what I have put together is what we call our industry overview. It's in our um, employee manual, which we actually call our employee reference text. Um, but it's, you know, we have a lot of good reference material within our um, employee reference text, of course, because what we're doing is, is we're basically jumping from one bubble to the next. Um, we had done our, our um, intro video uh, that just went live yesterday, uh, but that uh, was recorded that two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last week, we actually required a two hour set. And all we did was talk about the culture bubble. And it was, you know, talking about, you know, failed bond spectrum alignments and ununified profession and so on and so forth. And then today, uh, we have slated um, to talk about issues within talent. Um, and you know, with that, then between culture and talent, um, you know, we say, okay, what are the solutions for culture as a bubble and talent as a bubble? Well, the solutions there is establishing core values within the practice, but then it's also integrating in with a mentorship system. So that's how we're kind of going around this industry overview to say, this is where we're starting. This is the roadmap that we're taking. And that's where we're going to start to generate our content from. So if it's a matter of, you know, providing you that resource, so you can just look at it and just be like, oh, this is what he's talking about. Oh, this is where he's going with that. Um, it'll give a lot of, um, you know, like I said, really high talking points that you can, as you start to then, you know, like I said, I would, I would encourage you to listen to our um, podcast and our content because you're going to get, um, you know, a lot of great sort of insiders information to the industry. Um, but then also not just a bunch of veterinarians belly aching. This is now where we're saying, no, we actually have very concrete solutions and those solutions are actually functional and they're working and they're working incredibly well. I, I always make a joke <laughs> before I, before I kind of, uh, can, you know, put this all down onto like a one page PDF, which is not a one page, it's legal letter. So it's actually really long, <laughs> but it used to be seven pages. Yeah, It used to be seven pages torn out of a notebook of me just ramble scrambling and I, I kind of make a joke. It's like, you know, those uh, conspiracy theory uh, poster boards where you have different things tacked up on a pin board with like yarn strung between push pins. Mm-hmm. That's basically how this had looked until I was like, all right, I got to clean this up because people are going to think I'm insane, which people probably still will think I am insane. But it's a different it's like more methodical insane than it is like right. psychotic insane. So, uh, yeah, like 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 Ben said, this is um, a very, very concise version of um, what's in my head Our our project is positivity, you know, so for us, it's, you'll, we'll never have a problem that we won't then meet with the positivity of, um, what's the solution? What's the implementation? How do we get through this? You know, I think, uh, you know, I had commented last time around, you have this much content in all of its varying forms is you can never have the expectation of a hundred percent acceptance. You know, there's going to be the naysayers, there's going to be, you know, the negative component to it. But, you know, for us is we're maintaining course on what our goal is. And our goal is to support those students who are not yet veterinarians and support those postgraduates before the industry cripples them. And that, that is about a five year span for most graduates. So it's, uh, this, this mentorship program is incredibly important for the success of our profession. The big goal should be that we're preparing them for the industry that should be here today and how we're going to implement the strategies to make them successful in their future careers. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have any thoughts or ideas on how to implement mentorship programs in the education system or in clinic, leave them in the comments section. But until next time, have a great week. Welcome to the podcast.